Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get it done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this edition number 25 of the 1853 podcast of Mama's 2017-18 school year, we'll hear from communication studies professor Josh Hawthorne about a class he's taught about fake news. We'll check in with Mammoth baseball coach Alan Baturney to hear about the Fighting Scots 2018 season, and Mary Phillips will discuss her works that are now appearing in the exhibit of faculty artworks that are now on display in the Lynn G. Everett Gallery. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Before we chat with this week's guest, I want to tell you about a big event we have coming up this weekend over in the Pepper Notatorium of the Huff Athletic Center. The Monmouth women's water polo team, they're ranked number two in the Collegiate Water Polo Association Division III varsity poll, will host an eight-team, 13-game league tournament. The tournament gets underway on Friday, March 23, and it runs through Saturday, March 24. The event's not only an excuse to see the Scots, they have a 3-0 record, which is their best league start in program history, but it's also the perfect opportunity to dive into the sport of water polo. There's more about the tournament on the Monmouth College Athletics website, and that, of course, is at monmouthscots.com. Thanks to the 2016 presidential campaign, the term fake news has quickly become a common compound noun. To help mama students better understand this media phenomenon born in the social media era, communication studies professor Josh Hawthorne taught a class last fall about fake news. The class has attracted a great deal of attention of its own. Earlier this month, Josh appeared on the Paula Sands live show on KWQC Channel 6 up in the Quad Cities. And there's a link to Josh's appearance on the Monmouth College Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash College. Josh says his department decided to offer a course on fake news because the topic had quickly become a pressing issue in society. We saw fake news emerging and coming up, and we felt that it was an exigence that we in our department needed to tackle. Uh, we wanted to teach and inform students about it, and it was also to get our students to engage in the experience of informing others about fake news. Josh says his class focused especially on the 2016 presidential election. And we looked at the emergence of the fake news phenomenon during the 2016 election cycle. And these are the fake stories that were being pushed uh, regarding the election. Um, and where we looked at where those stories came from, uh, who was promoting them, who was writing them, why they were writing them. And we also looked at the uh, emergence of the claim that specific stories are fake news that have been deployed by the Trump administration and uh, his surrogates uh, during the campaign towards the end of it uh, and then continuing into today. 
Josh's students also studied why some people are susceptible to the exploits of fake news, along with what can be done to help them identify fake news when they encounter it. Well, the major thing that we looked at is why people might be susceptible to fake news, why people would be tricked or believe fake news, and we largely came down to an aspect of it, something in the information environment, uh, where in communication studies we have a, a theory that, that posits that as people were able to choose media that they wanted to watch, there were less uh, serendipitously exposed to uh, news media that's out there. So you think back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you gathered around uh, the TV at 5.30 p.m. and watched the national news broadcast. And now when we have more uh, choices in the media that we consume, people don't do that anymore. People can watch their reruns of Friends or whatever they would happen to watch. So that's created groups of people, one group who may not have enough background information about politics or news and what's going on, so they could be easily tricked. This is the group where information literacy and media literacy might be helpful to help them understand where they've been swayed wrong by fake information. Josh says that viewers who consume a lot of partisan news may be especially susceptible to fake news. Uh, we know that partisan news and cable news allows people to select into that media environment, that people are more likely to select ideas that they already believe in and find uh, pro-attitudinal that confirm and support their already existing attitudes, uh, and that by consuming that media, people then are more likely, grow more partisan, and are more likely to consume uh, partisan media after. So we then have a group from that polarization spiral or partisan polarization spiral where they uh, maybe are tricked by fake news that already confirms narratives that they believe. So a story comes up that says uh, all Democrats are evil um, and that they're trying to destroy America and then a person who is a partisan believes that story because they already believe and buy into that narrative. And, or conversely that all Republicans are evil, and a, Repub a Democrat may buy into that story. And Josh says that one of the best ways to prevent fake news from spreading through the media like kudzu is to help people know it when they see it. By letting people know that they might be getting tricked out there, people are more resistant to being tricked. So simply by spreading the word, um, our students were able to help people in their local communities and around campus to be more resistant to fake news. And that was, you know, a major goal of the class is to get the students out there and developing media to help uh, spread the word about fake news and to spread the word about why people might be swayed by fake news and what they can do to counter it. Josh adds that teaching mama's students how to spot and identify fake news dovetails nicely with the college's mission primary goal here at Monmouth and the liberal arts education is to produce well-informed citizens who are capable to do, discuss and debate uh, the critical issues that are facing our country today. And we can't do that without quality information. You need to be able to tell what information is good, what information is true to make and craft arguments. Uh, so as purveyors of a liberal arts education, our goal is to help build effective citizens and help students become effective citizens. So under, engaging and understanding information more and better is always a way to move towards that goal.
That's communication studies professor Josh Hawthorne. He taught a very successful course on fake news last fall here at the college. Once again, there's a link on the Monmouth College main Facebook page to Josh's recent interview about the class on the Paula Sands live show. You can also read about the class in the news section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu slash news. You'll find the story in the October 2017 section of the archives. The Monmouth baseball team is off to a solid start this season. The Scots have an overall record of 8-5-1 as they get ready for Midwest Conference play toward the end of the month. Monmouth will play McMurray College of Illinois at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday, March 23 at home. The schedule had the two teams hooking up for a doubleheader on Saturday, March 24, but because of inclement weather that's being predicted, it was changed to a nine-inning affair on Friday, March 23. After that, the Scots jump into conference play, opening up March 29 at Knox College. Then 12 of the next 14 foes they face will be against teams from the Midwest Conference. Monmouth baseball coach Alan Baterney, who's in his third year as Scott Skipper, says this year's team is starting to reflect the system that he brought to his alma mater. Uh, you know, kind of getting the right style of guys in here. Um, they've had three years to kind of get our system, and and all of them are buying in, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun now. You know, it's, it's that's something that we've been trying to preach to these guys is is you know don't worry about the pressure, don't worry about you know anything that kind of you know, gets you worried about the game. Just go out there and have fun. You've been doing it for 18, 20 years of your life. And uh, just go out there and do what you can. Trust what we're doing in practice. Uh, trust what we're telling you guys. And it's your job to go out there and, and produce during the game. And then it's the coach's job just to make the right decisions. This year's Monmouth College baseball team is winning games by being aggressive on the base paths and also taking the game to the other team's defense. Uh, I like how aggressive we are in the base pass. That's something we've been trying to do for the last two years, and we uh, have the right group to do that and, and showing them, you know, and, and, and a lot of it is watching baseball. And, uh, and, you know, we're big dirt ball read guys and, and taking the extra base when we can. So, and that's, and that's our main strength, and that's what we're going to have to do to be successful this year because we can't depend on the long ball like we did the last two years. And, uh, you know, we're more of a gap-to-gap team, so with that, it's, you know, stretch and double and do a triple or single into a double. You know, that's, uh, and that's something that we've been doing a very good job job of. And, you know, coaching third base over there, I, you know, I smile a lot when, when we do it right. And, uh, and we write it all down, and the guys are kind of starting to see that in the dugout. And uh, they're like, Coach, hey, we did this, we did this. Yeah, is, see how fun that is, you know. And, and so once they start doing these things, it's um, – you know, they start to have a lot of fun. The coaches have a lot of fun, you know, but, you know, there's always some stuff that we need to work on, you know, so uh, so we're really excited with the speed that we have. Uh, create chaos on the base pass. That, that's that's our big thing, uh, you know, put pressure, and uh, we do it a lot in practice, so our defense should be used to that stuff. So if we ever face a team that's similar to us on the base pass, we should be okay with that. You know, we have a, we have a ton of offensive base running plays. Uh, some of these things, you know, first and third offenses that, that you know, we have a goal to score. 25 runs off of this year and I think we're at 10 right now so we're actually sitting pretty good with that uh you know it's it's 
it's the little things, you know, the game within the game that we're teaching these guys. And, and then, you know, like I said, it's, it's their job to go out and play. We can't play it for them. Um, it's just, we have to make the right decisions. And, and some of these guys, you know, Jake Starkey had a, um, a kind of risky play on, on Saturday, uh, by trying to steal home. And I would, I was totally all right with it. You know, he, it was out thir- the third out of the inning, but uh, you know it was exactly what we want to do. We're going to take a lot of risks, and you know we're going to get thrown out a couple times, and that's what you know, kind of telling telling those guys, look, you know, you're going to get out half the time, you know, it, it, it's okay, you know, it's, it's you know, but the majority of the time it's going to work out for us. Allen says he also likes this year's Mammoth pitching staff. Pitching is probably going to be one of our stronger suits there. You know, it's just getting everybody healthy and, and finding where where they fit in the rotation on the conference uh, weekends and midweek and bullpen. Allen says that having fun along with going the extra mile or central to the Monmouth baseball work ethic. Uh, you know, it's just it's going out there and having fun. Um, it's going out there, putting in the extra work, just not doing the stuff in practice. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys that want to, that want to go on and go on and play after uh, college and you know, and I tell those guys, you know, look, you just can't do the two hours that we're doing in practice. You have to do the stuff outside, and and it's not easy. It's very, very tough. And uh, you know, so kind of getting the work ethic into those guys, and just not on the baseball field. It's in the classroom. It's outside the classroom, and everything. So, you know, a lot of guys are kind of starting to see that. You know, some sooner, <laughs> and then some that are kind of taking some time. But you know, that's just what it is. You know, it's our job as coaches to develop these guys. Um, on and off the field and you know when you kind of see what they're doing off the field it kind of really makes you proud of these guys especially in the classroom on the field Allen wants his players to show a lot of passion for the game you know you know on the baseball side it's it's uh you know speed it's you know kind of developing just building their strengths up you know working on their weaknesses a little bit more you know we have guys that you know are going to be power hitters and we guys have no chance and it's convincing them that they're not going to be those guys and uh it's getting to know themselves a little bit more it's learning the game um you know i want those guys to be students of 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 the game start thinking like me you know to a certain extent you know uh kind of thinking ahead a little bit and strategy wise and because some of these guys are you know they're definitely going to be fathers and some of them are going to be coaches and uh you know i want them to kind of you know teach baseball the right way in the future that's monmouth college baseball coach alan Baterni. his fighting scots will play mcmurray college of illinois at three o'clock friday afternoon on march 23 right here in maple city you can follow Monmouth Baseball on Twitter at MC Scott's Baseball, and you can follow all Monmouth College athletics on Twitter at MC Fighting Scots. Of course, point your browser to MonmouthScots.com for your official home for everything on the World Wide Web that's related to the Fighting Scots. And this is a good point in the podcast to remind you of the multitude of ways in which you can follow Monmouth College throughout the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash Monmouth College. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth. And whenever you have the rockin' pneumonia and the boogie-woogie flu, be sure to dial up Mammoth on Spotify. You're listening to the Mammoth College 1853 podcast, and I'm your host, Dwayne Bonifer, with the Mammoth College Office of Communications and Marketing. 
If you're on the Monmouth College campus between now and April 6, be sure to drop in the Lynn G. Everett Gallery in Hughes Library. That's where there's a fantastic exhibit of about three dozen pieces of art by seven Monmouth faculty. There will be a reception for the artist this Friday, March 23, from 3 to 4.30 in the afternoon, and the artist will speak at the reception around 3.30. Professors who are featured in the exhibit are collage artist Stephanie Ball, sculptor Stacy Lotz, photographer Paul Scott Page, ceramicist Janice Mars Wonderlick, and painters Brian Ball, Jessica Bingham Ott, and Mary Phillips. For Mary Phillips, this will be her final exhibit as a Monmouth faculty member. That's because she's going to retire at the end of this 2017-18 school year. Mary has three acrylic paintings and a watercolor in the current exhibit, and she says the four pieces are a good representation of her interest and her approach to art. Small watercolor is called um, the red fence, and I enjoy... Nature is my, my big thing. Um, I enjoy working both representationally, and so that's one of my works where uh, what you see is looks like optical reality. And in reality, this was just out of my imagination, but based on observation of nature. And then I have three uh, acrylic paintings, and they are all some might say abstract. They, they still, they come from nature. For the last 18 years, Mary has been curator of Monmouth's art collections, and she says that Monmouth has a very impressive collection of art. Pretty much I oversee the various art collections. Uh, Monmouth College, for being a, a small college, is extremely fortunate to have uh, several collections. We've got about eight different ones. Uh, all contributed to the college by various people. Mary says that serving as curator of the college's art collections has been a great experience. It's a very bittersweet uh, situation because um, I'm certainly looking forward to retirement and not being kind of constrained by, by schedules and such. But on the other hand, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, I've taken my job, I think, uh, very seriously and tried to shepherd the collections through the major renovation of, of Hughes Library. Um, and along with just taking care of the collections, working on regular inventories, caring for the, the works themselves, uh, I've tried to circulate exhibits so that we're showcasing works from the various collections and showing different cultures, different media, uh, and hopefully they've been helpful to faculty and, and mainly to students, but certainly for the entire campus community. But Mary says that it's the mom of students who've made her time at the college especially memorable. And I've really enjoyed working with my student workers. I've been blessed with some of the very best student workers uh, every year. <laughs> I just have the best. And they've gone on to become curators themselves or into graduate school or whatever. So I think it's been a good experience for them too. That's Mary Phillips. She's curator of Mama's Art Collections. She has four pieces in the current faculty exhibit on display in the Lynn G. Everett Gallery in Hughes Library. 
can read more about the exhibit on the Monmouth College website, and that address is, of course, monmouthcollege.edu. Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll catch up with Marnie Dugan of the Wackerly Career and Leadership Center to find out what members of Mama's class of 2017 have been doing since they graduated from the college. College editor and historian Jeff Rankin will preview the spring issue of the Monmouth College magazine that will be arriving very soon in homes. And we'll check in with the friendly folks over at the Huff Athletic Center to see what's happening in Monmouth College athletics. That's going to be a 30 for this 25th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu and be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. <music>